there. It's Alana with some marketing tips for you today. I wanted to talk for a little bit about the kinds of language that we use when we're promoting our books. So in the business world, this is called our ad copy or just our copy. So everything from what you write in your newsletters to your Amazon descriptions, those are probably the two most specific types of copy that as authors we work on, but this would also include things like your author bio, any text that people read when they visit your website, all of these things fall under the category of copy. And for the most part, the rules that you want to use to have really engaging and effective copy are going to be the same, whether we're talking about the copy for your Facebook ad or your newsletter or your author bio or your Amazon description, the copies uh, techniques that we're going to be talking about are going to be the same, regardless of what platform you're using it on. So this is information, like I said, that you can use for emails or anything else that you're doing when you're writing about your books and trying to get people engaged. So the biggest mistake that I see people making with their copy is when their lack of confidence comes out. If you are not confident about A, your book, and B, your right to market your book, and really your calling to market your book, that's going to come out in your copy. Here's what I mean, just to give you a very exaggerated example. This should be like the person who posts on Facebook, hey, I can't believe it. Would you guys believe I finally finished a book? Haha, <laughs> it's here. If you want to check it out, go ahead. And really reading between the lines, what that's saying is, I really didn't think I could ever write a book. I have no idea how good it is. You probably won't like it. But if you want to show me some support, please go ahead and do this. Like when you ask somebody to check out your book page, like as a favor to you, that's one of the worst things you can do because you're conveying that they, they need to do you a favor right? So don't say, hey, can you check this out? Don't say, I'm so excited to tell you. Don't say, I would love it if you looked at my new book. Really what you want to focus on is the fact that you've written an amazing book that people want to read. And so what you're doing is you're giving people information about your book so that they can find what they're already looking for. In a way, everything we do, it's serving our audience. It's helping our potential readers and our ideal readers know that this is what they're looking for. So if you know that somebody is lost and you know exactly how to get to where they want to go, you can tell them without being apologetic at all, right? You could say, oh, this is what you're looking for. Here you go. And that's how we should be talking about our books, that we are uh, the ones doing them a favor by writing these books. They're not doing us a favor by buying them. So the biggest thing with your copy really is to kind of master that mindset and to get over the fear of not wanting to appear salesy or sleazy. And when you look at your books as serving others, giving them what they want, which for some people is just entertainment, but I don't even want to use the word just there because that's a compelling enough reason. Or if you're writing nonfiction and you're solving a problem, or if you're writing fiction that isn't um, just entertainment, but goes beyond to help people think through issues, anything you do, regardless of your genre, fiction, nonfiction, how fluffy versus literary, any adjective you want to throw in there, any book you write, is going to help people. And so when you look at marketing that book as service that you are serving and helping other people, that's also going to help you get over your fear of 
being salesy, right? So let's talk now about just the practical techniques for good copy. We talked about what not to do, and let's talk about the practical now. A really big one that you want to do is focus on the reader. What is the reader going to get from your book? So again, this is why we're not asking them to please check it out. And we're not starting out our email saying, I'm so excited to tell you guys that they don't really care what's going on for us unless they're like our mother or our biggest super fan ever. They don't really care that we're excited. And anyway, since we're writers and we ascribe to show not tell, they should be able to sense our excitement without us having to come out and say it. So one of the most effective words that you can use in your copy just the word you. It's an amazing word. It's short. You can use it so much. So instead of saying readers love this book, even something like readers like you love this book can change it. For an example, I did for one of my Facebook descriptions, I included a quote from a reader. And in the first test, I just included her first name and then included something like, you know, book reviewer or avid reader. In the second version, everything else stayed exactly the same. All I did was change, instead of writing her name, comma, book reader or whatever it was, I said her name, comma, a reader like you. And that added significantly better just by adding that little tiny bit, you know, that three-letter word that is so effective in our copy. And again, if you don't want to come across as salesy, this is another way to overcome that fear that you're being selfish by marketing your books is by making it about the other person. You are going to love this book. And so you can also dive into just what are they going to get out of it? And here's where you really want to go beyond just, oh, well, they're good. They're going to get a good story. They're going to get some entertainment. They're going to be able to escape. Go deeper than that picture. Your absolute ideal reader Give them a face, a name if you want, a location, come up with some details about them and pretend that someone is talking to them about your book. Okay, so what do you like about this author? Think of everything in depth that they're going to say. And those are some of the things that you can kind of work in to some of your copy. So first two kind of keys to keep in mind is one, really keep it focused very much on the reader. And that's why you want to use words like you. And then think about how your absolute ideal reader would describe your book and use words like that. Not only is that attracting the right kind of reader, but it's also repelling the readers who aren't going to love your book. And that's another important thing to remember is that you're not marketing to everybody. You're marketing to the people who want to read your book. And I don't think there's a single book in the world that everybody is going to love for the same reason and pick up. There's no like universal novel, right? And so if you think about that, using the words that your ideal reader would use to describe your book, it's not only attracting the right readers, but it's letting other people know, hey, this isn't the book for you. So some of these are like genre keywords. If you write kind of gritty, um, violent books, then using words that convey that as opposed to words like, you know, cozy and sweet, it's not only going to attract the people who really like that high level of excitement, it's also going to keep away people who don't want that in their books. So going back to what your ideal reader wants, they also... They're, they're going to love your book, not for the story itself. They're going to love the book for the kind of emotional resonance that they get from it, for the experience of reading the book. So when you're talking about your copy, 
and you're talking about the reader experience, it's the difference from saying something like, Endgame is a movie in the Marvel Universe where these people have to travel through time to kind of fix some mistakes in the past. Okay, that's just kind of the real quick summary. Okay, we're late into 2019. I'm going to assume that no one's going to be bothered by spoilers now from Endgame. So when you talk about the emotional resonance, this becomes Endgame is the culmination of like 20 something movies that all are leading up to this point where it's the most epic battle and you get final resolution and ultimate sacrifices and true love, you know, like as a total aside, you know, someone asked what the most romantic movie you've ever seen is. My first response was, well, does Endgame count? You know, so talking about all of the emotional hooks is going to resonate again with your ideal reader way better than just the quick summary. So especially when you're writing your sales blurb for your book, you know, the back copy description or the blurb that goes up on Amazon, you want to really focus way more on the intensity of the story, what the readers get out of the story, than just this is a story about a so-and-so. Another thing readers are going to resonate more with is the actual character. So not, this is a story about a man who gets an injection of super serum and becomes really strong. And so now he can become a soldier and fight in World War II. Okay, that's more of the summary. When we look at like the actual character resonance, the character arc, uh, you know, obviously we're speaking about Captain America. If you're not up with Marvel, this would be something like Captain Marvel is about this itsy bitsy scrawny boy that everyone picks on, but he's got this amazing heart of gold and he is the most loyal person in the world. And he gets his big break to change himself and become the superhero that he always knew he could be. And, you know, blah, 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 blah. There's so much more when you go just beyond that this is a story about. And so we always want to keep digging deeper and deeper into not only just what happens to the character, but who is the character. And then even more so, not just about the plot or the character, but really more about what the reader is going to get from your book. Another really important component of good copy is to not make things confusing. And so this would be especially important if you're writing like fantasy or books with lots and lots and lots of characters. This is why a lot of people who teach on how to write blurbs say, hey, if you don't need like a first, middle and last name saying, you know, Lieutenant Frank is a lot easier than saying, you know, so-and-so Lieutenant David F. Frank Jr., <laughs> the son of Senator Frank, you know. So if you don't need to dump a lot of names, don't. If you have a lot of places, especially if these are like foreign places or made-up places where the names are hard for the average reader to glean, then they're going to look at your description and feel confused and that's going to be less inviting for them. So you you want to make it simple, but you also want it to have a punch. So it's it's kind of a fine line of not overcomplicating things by throwing out lots of confusing names or giving too much information, but you also don't want it to be boring. So one way you can keep it from being boring also is by paying attention to your sentence structure so that you know you don't have five sentences that are each um you know the man 
loves her. Do you know what I mean? They don't all start with the exact same thing or they don't follow all the exact same formula. Mix it up, mix up the grammar, mix up the sentence length, mix up even the paragraph um, size. All of these things compel the reader to feel more engaged and curious. Anything that's going to pique your reader's curiosity is good. I know some people don't like using questions in their blurbs or in their copy, but questions automatically create the desire for the reader to know the answer. I do think they can be overdone and and cheesy. You know, will they ever find true love? And if it's a romance, you know they're going to find true love, right? Um, but sometimes even that can be compelling because it's it's a hearkening to all the genre tropes that make people love that to begin with. So again, there's this balance of not being confusing, but not being so simple that it's boring, right? And there's also a balance between giving them enough information that they are very peaked, but you know, their curiosity is peaked, but also that you're not just dumping a ton of info there, right? If it doesn't need to be told, then you know, your blurb or your copy is not the place for the five paragraph backstory. For example, leave room for curiosity because that's going to make the reader wants to know more. When we have unanswered questions, we subconsciously want to find the answers to that. Right. So that's why even something as simple as using an ellipses is can be really engaging with your newsletter subject headings. Ellipses can be really helpful. Um, you know, the the greatest new release of the summer dot 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 that's automatically showing them, even if it's on a total subconscious level. Hey, there's more here that I'm going to tell you if you open this up. So, again, the greatest read of the summer is probably trite and boring and cliche. But that was, you know, just the example of when they see the ellipses that can really help. Um, let's see if there's any others. I think that covers the basics. And so these are just some things that you can keep in mind. You for sure wants to end, whether we're talking about an email or an ad or your book blurb, you always end with a direct call to action. So, you know, you can say buy this book now, but this is also a place where you can add lots of those keywords, like what we talked about. How's your ideal reader going to describe this? So buy this action-packed thriller now for an adrenaline ride you're never going to forget is a better call to action because it still is telling them what to do and keeping that part very simple. But it's also using that part of your description to pack some more of those keywords. So those are some tips for writing good copy and I hope it's helpful for you.